you over there in the corner. You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your gone too long hosts, Eddie. Hi, Jeff. And Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Eddie. Welcome back to the table. Thank you. It's good to be back with hearing you and Minnie and your hearts and hearts. But definitely, definitely got a heart on. So there you go. Do you want to start over? No, this is it. Oh, my. We like to bring the excitement right at the top of the show. Heck, yeah. We're all hopped up on H2O, dihydrogen oxide. And cowboy chickens. That's right. Yep, we had some cowboy chicken. Sadly, our good friends at Sunbird have moved a bit far afield. Not that far, but, you know, they're over in White Oak. And we had the uh, Country Tavern yesterday. Yeah, we did. And it was delicious, the brisket. But the ribs were dry. Never yeah. seemed like. Normally you just wiggle them, they fall off the bone, and they're juicy and delicious. But these were a bit dry. You'd have to go eat those in the rain, something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, they're proud of theirs. But normally I'm like, well, they have every right to be. Yeah, yesterday, not so much. It wasn't a shining moment. No. And I didn't like the slaw. Like, mental note, don't get the slaw at the country tavern. Or we're we talking about how you go to a restaurant for a long time, mm-hmm. but eventually it starts to go downhill. You're like, boy, they just had my favorite dish, and I've eaten it for years. And then that one day, it's kind of, meh. One fateful day. Well, look at me. I've never been back to 5D after that one time they saved me a lighter fluid steak, you know. And you might go, everyone's entitled to an off night. Do you know what I paid for these these steaks? And everyone tasted like lighter fluid that night. Do you know what the important thing to remember is, though? What's that? People have paid nothing for this podcast. Mm -hmm. So if we have an off night, (laughs) if it's a little... This wasn't their best episode. Well, look what you paid for it. Yeah. Limping into the barn. I like that. (laughs) If you ain't limping, (laughs) you ain't pimping. No. There's no breeze, there's no cheese. Right on. Which that does remind me of a story. I, I saved this one. And uh, <laughs> as many of these podcasts as you get is how much me and Matt are talking to each other. So when you're like, boy, there hasn't been a podcast in forever, it means me and Matt haven't really been Had hanging out that hang much. Out. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times we used to have these conversations and we're like, why don't we record these? You know, we'd finally catch up. So there may be some travel log into this yeah. since you've been traveling. Yeah. but Traveling Matt. This is a story that I've been saving for you. Oh, shit. It's perfect for the germaphobe in my life. <laughs> Who would that be? You. <laughs> but yeah, I love to share my germs. <laughs> That's true. He's squ- squeamish, squirmish yeah. about getting somebody else's cooties, but uh, he's always there to give them to you. Uh, well, quick side note. I had Heather take a picture at Yellowstone just for your benefit. I haven't seen it. I don't no. think. Uh, yeah, because I don't know if she's posted it yet, but they have this. Is it private? No, they have this special like faux wood decks that you walk on through the bubbling, steaming uh, area in the Yellowstone where there's all the geysers and the what they call the paint pots where it's bubbling up mud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, these are, I think they put in some special antibacterial material. And so there's a sign on it that says bacterial mat. And I, t- I took a picture with the sign for your benefit. I told her to send it to you, but I guess you didn't. Or you didn't get it. But you're a viral, Matt, right? Well, not right now. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Soon enough. Soon enough. Just in time for November. Be sure to shake hands with me, everyone. Shake my hand. So here's the story for you. Sorry, go ahead. I was at Dragon's Nest. Uh-huh. This does not reflect upon you, Dragon's Nest. <laughs> so 
as one does, I was up there for like five hours or something doing a game demo. So at one point in time, I'm like, I got to go take a whiz. Go in the bathroom. Of course, there's somebody in the stall mm-hmm. destroying it. Yeah. So then you're like, eh, we, what's the, what's the etiquette here? Do I just turn around and walk out because the stench has repulsed me? Uh-huh. And then it's when you're wrapping up at the end here. Somebody's, you're coming away from the urinal and they're coming out of the stall and you're kind of like, well, should I pitter patter around here a little bit? Because there's to be no eye contact. Right. And also, do you want to know who's creating that level of stank? Exactly. Because it might ruin someone. You're like, ah, I thought that was great. Oh, he made that stank. It's like, it might ruin that person's, your perception for that person. I mean, when you hear all that backfiring explosions and Yeah. So if I'm in there stalling, I'm, I'm hanging out. You're, I have to creep out like a, a thief in the night. Uh, You're not going to know yeah, it yeah. was me in there. Uh-huh. And then the other thing, when somebody destroys it uh-huh. and then you come out and somebody comes in and you're like, it wasn't me. Like, it sure. wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we end up and the guy doesn't do the common courtesy of uh, hanging out in the stall for a minute or whatever. Oh, so wow. we get to the hand wash station about the same time. Mm-hmm. And I had given him a little bit more time to move away, mm-hmm. to get on. But I get up there and, He's left the water running for me. How thoughtful. How thoughtful. Good. I won't get those cooties from having to touch, the touch it. So I put my hand under the water. It's freaking scalding hot. Oh, wow. He had it full blast hot. So I don't uh-huh. know if it was one of those things like, well, when I first turned it on, it wasn't that hot. Yeah. So resist the urge to scream right there. Like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hot. 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 And I'm, I'm like, okay, my hands are scalding, so that's yeah. what's going through my brain. But it's killing germs. You know? And I turn to get my uh, towel, dry my hands off. Mm-hmm. He's holding two little paper towels for me. Hold them out. The yeah. little auto ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, in this situation, what is the appropriate thing to do? Because yeah. I know you just destroyed it. Uh-huh. But you washed him, wash his hands. But, but you he, did but wash but, but, your hands. But he sing the whole happy birthday song in his head, like kind of thing. No. Yes, it was like a quick kind of hand dip and go. So do I have to take these? Oh or do I not my. take these? Oh, my goodness. Oh. So that's the, that's the take-home question for you listeners today. We, we, we Inquiring minds have to know, did you take them? I guess we'll have to find oh. out in the next part. Cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Not, not you in a cliffhanger. I took them. I figured as much. You, you, you. I crumble guy. under pressure. Yeah, you weren't going to go against, you know. You don't want to spit in this guy's face. I love, love you guys. Just like this was. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the show you love so much? I'll just stand there awkwardly for twenty minutes. Like <laughs> anyway. Well, if you ever watch The Shield, uh-huh. there's one part where I think is it Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. the gentleman with the unusual face. Yes. So he's offering people gum. He's a police interrogator, and he'll be like, "Here, take a piece of gum." I don't want a piece of gum. He's like, if you hold it out long enough because of the uncomfortableness, even if they don't want it, they'll take it. Uh-huh. And that's how you know you have your person that's going to break. That'll uh-huh. give you intel. Because uh-huh. it's like, if I can mentally break you just holding out a piece of gum and get you to go for that, then if I put you under the intense questioning, uh-huh. you'll crack and give me the information I need. Interesting. So there you go. I would immediately crack. Oh, my. Well, it's good to know you're the guy who would... Crack under pressure. But Matt is the guy that would not tell you if he got bit by a zombie. No, gosh, no. So don't have him in the zombie apocalypse and don't make me your partner in any crimes. 
<laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, man. Because somebody's going down. That's a great story. You know what else is a great story? What's that? The Long Con. That's a fantastic We story. had a fantastic meeting mm-hmm. with the hotel yesterday. Not to say we weren't already enthused, but definitely we were walking on a cloud when we came out of that mm-hmm. meeting. The ladies, well, it's kind of like uh, uh, excitement is infectious, and they seemed more excited than we were about the Long Con and us coming back. And so that was what was was awesome was they were so excited and and it, like I said it was infectious and but like they were the ones going why don't we do this and how about because I love me and Eddie we're we're total guys we go in there we're like you know what what we did last year worked it worked well let's just do that again and we're thinking this is gonna be a five minute meeting like do what you did last year it was a great deal thanks and that's it mm-hmm. but they're like what about this why don't we do this and then at one point me and they're going nah and they're just ignoring us and turn to each other and they're going well I could put up some bunting and you could put up <laughs> we can get a chocolate fountain and I'm over here like looking at you like are we even in this conversation but they were so enthused and like they were you know, they love us and they love you they guys love y'all they really bragged on and i love how the last hotel was not fond of us or our congoers these guys love y'all and they just they said oh our staff is fighting over who's going to get to uh work the event because of you know generous tipping and you know, just generally pleasant dealing with us and we should have two dedicated servers the whole time yep. that can bring you food and drinks beverage. and adult beverages yep yep and I'll, and I'll say this i doubt those guys are listening but there were some guys that brought their own stuff in please avail yourself of, of their liquor if you just adamantly refuse to do that just be discreet put it in a cup or a tumbler or something but you can't have Outside booths cannot be out where they can see it. So I'd put that out there real quick. But if you just absolutely positively have to, as long as you're in one of the boardrooms or something, they uh-huh. don't care. It's yeah. just in that ballroom area. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you're in the big ballroom, don't bring out your, what was it, Lone Star beer and put the can on the table or the yeah. whole six-pack. So, A, know. if you need to drink adult beverages somewhere, don't do it there. And yeah. if you can't follow that rule, keep it hidden. Yeah. And they don't even care really about. They have to care, yeah. But wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. They have to say something if you're just blatant with it. But just you show a little bit of discretion, and everyone's going to be happier. And that's not a money making tactic on their part. No, that is their liquor license. Yeah, that's yeah, liquor license. Well, that's the thing like no outside food. Like I remember at uh, at the at the Hilton Garden Inn, they served us some really crappy food. And after that, people were ordering in pizza, and they're like, hey. Can't do that, and I said, "Well, technically they can, because you guys let us sign some special waiver." But we, we had to sign a waiver at Hilton Garden Inn for y'all to be able to do that. Um, and it's the same at the Holiday Inn. Yeah, they we have can't a food eat. They have a liquor license. Yeah, in that ballroom. But if you need a place to eat your McDonald's or pizza or whatever, yeah. I'll be happy to point you out the spot to do it. Yeah, we got a place where you can kind of be discreet and off the path, but no outside food. I mean, you, you've got to be discreet with that, too. And it's like we said, only because not no one's being a hard ass. They have their food license. They have their uh, your liquor license. And also there's like legalities. If you got sick off something food you bought from outside, I think somehow they might still... You might try to say you got, I don't know. Like, and it's the know. same thing with a liquor license, I think, where yeah. it can be like, oh, you over-served that person now because they were basically in your bar. That's yeah. counting as their bar sort of e- thing. Exactly, yeah. So not to be uh, negative Nellies, but yeah. That was a, one little issue last year. We had some guys that were having a good time. I have no problem with that. But honestly, I got a question. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a drinker and I'm a gamer, but I've never wanted to get totally smashed at a damn... And I'm not game. really a drinker anymore. Yeah. And I've never seen the appeal of it. Yeah, I don't understand why you would want to be. It's, 
I don't know, but it, you know, whatever. Again, to each their own. As long as you're not belligerent or obnoxious, get smashed. Have a good time. You know, that's just not my thing. Like, uh, yeah. let's put on dark side of the wall and get blitzed or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. okay, but try and play a game where you got to pay attention. Yeah, and try to make good decisions or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I did when I was a, very much younger. I got really snockered uh, playing a, a role-playing game and did some really dumb stuff and got a beloved character I'd played on and off for like a year. I got him killed, and that broke me of that crap. I'm like, never again, you know? And definitely if I'm running games, I, I, I'm sure y'all expect it, and I expect a certain level of excellence from my game master. I can't bring it if I'm, you know, drunk off my ass or something. So, again, I don't... I might tipple in the last 15 minutes of a game slot, running or playing or whatever, but I'm not going to get snockered playing, definitely not running. But again, you know, your mileage may vary. You might like, I run a better game when I've had a few stiff drinks. Knock yourself out. I'm yeah. sure that does apply to some people. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Well, because it might help Can't get any worse. relax, you know. I could see someone going, it helped me relax and I'm more loose, loosey-goosey. But anyway. But no, long con, so many good things. We've got, you know, this funny... We'd announced one special guest last podcast, and then we thought they weren't coming, and now we're fairly certain they are, but we don't know. We'll see. It's still up in the air. But definitely, you know, you know we've got a, a, a bevy of great special guests. and um, But, hell, and we've even got some of our game masters that aren't necessarily special guests, but to us, shit, we value them ten times more than any special guests. You know, and you know who you are. Adrian. Yeah, I was thinking it. I didn't say it, but yeah, Adrian. And uh, and some other ones, you know, we're, we're tickled to have Ben coming back. Apparently, for whatever inexplicable reason, he's popular. You know. Yeah, I don't get it. But I a lot of the know. local GMs, you have your local popularity where oh, it's sure. like, oh, yeah, Mr. Yeah. So-and-so can breeze yeah. in and yeah. not get anybody on their table. But there's, yeah. you know, when you've hosted games at the Long Con several times, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I played in so-and-so's game and I want to get yeah. back in their game this year. It seems like James Ward came last year, I believe. Maybe or maybe he didn't, but I know he bought a ticket this year. Is, is he, did he put any games? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because I'm telling you, if you can get in James's Ward's game, get in it. He's a brilliant gamesman as a player he's just his play is brilliant as a as a you know guy running a game his call of cthulhu is is uh people said many good things to me about playing in his games but anyway like i said i could go on and on we have so many great game masters and if y'all noticed on the long con facebook page one of them we've been um showcasing a number of our game mm-hmm. masters and mistresses or whatever anyway but uh yeah excited about long con Good so, yeah, the other thing I want to say about the long con is to give yourself a pat on the back because so much of this stuff has filled up early. Yeah. That was one of our dreams back in the day when it was mm-hmm. like, oh, if only we didn't have to crack the whip to get people to sign up. If we didn't have to crack the whip to get people to submit games or get hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotel rooms, we're doing fabulous. Yeah. Game schedule, it's really, really getting Flushed full down. where I have to ter- yeah. turn people away and be like, yeah. oh, I wanted to run a game this night. Well, you should have got in earlier. I doubt anyone will notice, but if you do, I, traditionally I run a tournament game on Friday nights at Archon and Friday nights at North Texas. This year I had to shift it over to Saturday. It was something outside of my control. So for anybody that, you know, like, I keep Friday nights open for your tournament game, it's it's now going to be midday Saturday. It's, but anyway, just FYI. Um, but these are part of the, you know, running a con. But like Eddie said, thank you for, if you ever wanted to th- do something to thank us, you did. Mm-hmm. Coming in, buying tickets early and buying rooms or whatever, 
that's made our lives that much easier because we're sitting here. What a great position to be in. We're worrying about, well, what kind of cool swag can we give y'all? And we have the money because you bought tickets up front earlier on that we have time to get an order into someplace in China and get it back in time on the slow boat. You know, whatever. yeah. And we're worried about, Oh, are we going to have too many people? Yeah. What a, what a wonderful problem. So yeah, it's really nice. We appreciate it. We appreciate not having to cry. Yeah. I'm begging the last six months. Pout and sulk or whatever. Um, and I still figure there's gonna be some people that are compiling at the end, but we had such great early adopters and a lot of them. We've said this, if you listen to this podcast since the beginning, we've always, always, always a million times said, this con was us to a certain degree putting out the welcome mat for all the great people we'd met at North Texas and hoping that if we put this welcome mat out, eventually they'd, you know, say they come on over. Well, in the last year and this year, we're seeing so many people that we really love gaming with and we love spending time with and sharing a drink and a stupid story or whatever. Those people are beating feet over here. And I'm tickled about that, and I'm sure Eddie is. Well, it too. only takes seven years to catch on and not be a fluke. <laughs> well, you know, because I will say is. that's one of those things. It's like, hey, will you support the con the first year? Nah, I got to see if it catches on. Look, well, it's not going to catch on unless you support it. We basically had someone say that about Red River, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy that I'm like, hey, I always wanted a con in Shreveport. Look what I've done. Me and Eddie, we you know, convinced each other to do a second con in Shreveport. It's me giving back to you know the community I grew up around gaming in. And when I reached out to the diehard people I knew, they were like, oh, well, I, we'll, we'll see if this goes somewhere. And I'm like, what? Well, it doesn't if you don't support it up front, you jack wagon. You know? <laughs> people. People. It's kind of like, I'm not going to eat dinner tonight because I'm going to see if there's going to be dinner tomorrow night. It's like, yeah. what? How does that affect you? Yeah. The, the, the mentality, the, what is the mental gymnastics of that? You know, sprains my brain but anyway again thankful for everybody really excited if you haven't got your ticket yet by all means get it and i'll tell you this i'm going to warn you and by now a lot of people know this game signups open october 1st tickets are already available to come to the con we have this sort of confusion what is there's tickets and badges isn't Mm -hmm. it so yeah badges get you in the door tickets get you a seat thank you so badge sales are already open get your badge if you haven't also be prepared october 1st at nine o'clock is when tickets open. You don't pay for tickets, they're free, but it's first come, first serve. So, you know, you want to have your already your badge in hand and be ready October 1st at 9 o'clock. I'm not saying all the best games are going to go fast, but, yeah, they are, you know. So, don't, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even if you got, it wasn't the games that you ideally want, you'll still have a blast. It's a convention. They're con games with excellent game masters, and you should try some new things. But I'm just saying, if there's certain games you really got your eye on, don't dilly-dally, you know, um, and let your friends know. And by the way, like our posts, please like and share them. That helps spread the word. And we've talked about this. We're we're never, ever going to be one of these big cons because we're just two guys and... We don't want to be a big con anyway. We talked about earlier was we've went to the big cons. I don't see the appeal. The smaller cons like North Texas and us, it's that sweet spot. You've mm-hmm. got a nice variety, but you you know people. I know almost everybody that attends North Texas. I know people that attend our con. You go to some gigantic con, you don't know anybody. You don't mm-hmm. know, well, who, who's the good guy for running Kula Cthulhu? Who, who runs a good second edition D&D? I don't know. You know Who are these people this table I'm gaming with? And it's a great way to go to cons to meet new people, but you don't have a chance to meet everybody at a 3,000, 5,000 person con. Not to, not to shit on those cons. For the people that like that sort of thing, knock yourself out. But I like a more intimate affair. 
Yeah. 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 I'd rather be gaming with my friends. Exactly. And I love that every June I go to game with 500 of my closest gaming buddies and gals, you know. So anyway, we hope to capture some of that energy if I'd say that we haven't already. But anyway, enough about that. We long conned it. Yeah, we did. All right. How about books and comic books? No reading. Allowed? Exactly. Uh, I have been reading my usual comics. There has been a new kind of restart of the Hulk line. Really? So that one's pretty good. He's going back to his monster roots again. Mm. So I recommend it. I'm enjoying it. But I liked the Immortal Hulk, and I liked the run that was after that where it was more like Starship Hulk. Oh, wow. Where Banner was inside of him, kind of had a virtual, uh, what is it, like the helm, where uh-huh. he's driving the Hulk around. He's in Hulk mode all the time, but oh, wow. Banner's inside him controlling it, and he can actually like change the level of oh, rage. Wow. He's oh, like, oh, wow. I need to push this sucker up to you know level 10 because oh, wow. this horrible thing's happening. And a lot of people weren't too big into that one, but huh. I liked it. It was nowhere near as good as Immortal Hulk. Yeah, you raved about Immortal but Hulk. But this new one looks pretty good, too. And, yeah, I've just been reading some comics lately. So what sets this new Hulk away from these other iterations? He's more of a horror comic again, which oh, Immortal Hulk was going into, too, yeah. where it was kind of more Lovecraft almost. Yeah, body horror or something from your descriptions. Or so this one is another, like, Lovecraftian horror. Basically, he beat up Cthulhu the other day. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're almost trying to maybe something kind of like an old... Do you remember the old swamp thing? Which yeah. Originally it was just some poor scientist got turned into this horrible thing, but eventually it went on this weird occult path or something, you know? And So he just hooked up with Man-Thing the other day, which is the Marvel version of Swamp Thing. Uh-huh. So... What is it? Oh, any being that knows fear burns at the touch, touch. of the Man-Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that tagline. Yeah, yeah. So that's been pretty good. And uh, just in general, I look at these, I'll start reading a new comic, and I'll be like, who's the writer on this? And it'll be Al Ewing that did Immortal Hulk. Uh-huh. I'm like, that guy's got my freaking number. I just he is have loved so much of his stuff that he's done, yeah. Because yeah. I've been reading the Venom stuff that he's been doing, but he's leaving that, so we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. I, I wonder if he's, back in the day, they had this guy back, this guy's the hot new talent. That that comic's flagging. Let's get him in there for a, a quick run of about 8, 12 episodes. Give a shot in the arm, you know. So I bet he's that guy now. He's yep. the hot shot that he injects that. Whatever. Life into it, yeah, into that. You'll follow title. him, and you'll be into this comic for a while. That's so. how they get you. Yeah, well, he's writing over there. I got to check out that. Title. Oh yeah, I remember that back in the day. All right, how about some TV? Gosh, well, you know, like I said, I told y'all about we'd watch Strange New Worlds and burn through that, and then we were like, it's over because now I miss the old days of like, oh, yeah, a, a TV series had you know twenty something Four, episodes yeah. or something. No, it's like six or ten or something. And you're like. What the That's hell? not a season. Yeah, that's nothing, just the tease, you know. But uh, we really enjoyed just that. Just the tip. But yeah, uh, Heather has been, she loves her cooking shows and the very series there. But uh, we try to find time to watch some stuff. But I can't think of anything we watched lately that just blew my socks off as far as a series, other than Strange New Worlds. I just thought of one since we were sitting here. You, you, go. got a, you got a double back. You gave me the old finger wiggle. There you go. Okay. Uh, I finally just finished the box of curiosities or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Curios TV series. Yeah. The second half was better. Good. Good. It wasn't great. But it was better than some of those first ones. Oh yeah. So much better. But I mean, still. You you would lead with your strengths, but whatever. 
Who knows? But hmm. I did like the back half better. If it was okay. just those four episodes, I might be like, yeah, go ahead and check it out. But yeah. Yeah, it's not that great. There's still a lot of it that drags where you're like, man, if you'd cut off, if you'd made this a 30 to 40 minute show instead of an hour, hour 10 show, you could have done so much better. And there's a reason why those shows are shorter. A lot of times like the twilight zones. Well, that's where Netflix, I see, I think there's a problem. I think they get some hot director or whoever and throw money at them and they go, well, uh, dang, they gave us like 50 million. Uh, we got to give them, I guess, like at least six at two hours a piece. Something remember, a la uh, Stranger Things or whatever. And um, no, like we said, those episodes of uh, Stranger Things, it could have been either three two hour, three two hour episodes, or it could have been six one hour episodes, but not what was it six two hour long. I mean, it was just a point yeah. to like, get on with it. I see where this is going. Quit dragging this out. But I think they were like, we got to fill two hours. Well, don't or make it. But I wonder if Netflix is the one going, well, you are going to yeah, give us fill the time. You know, we, we can't just have some little short, whatever. I wonder if they're the ones putting the pressure and then you get this sort of stuff happening, you know? But anyway. uh, so it was a uh, pretty good. There was a couple of Lovecrafts in it. Oh, okay. So I think, when I got into the back four there, the first one's like uh, Pickett's Model. Oh, wow. Which is about an artist that's seeing all these uh, Cthulhu uh, Lovecraftian images and painting it, and basically it's driving people insane. Oh, wow. So that one was really pretty cool. That one picked it back up. And then like Dreaming in the Witch House was kind of meh. Hit or miss. Yeah, there was one, I can't remember the exact name of it. It's like Cosmos 79 or something, the symbol 79. But it's supposed to take place in 1979. Mm-hmm. And it did make me think of the like old sci-fi horror shows that you'd see back in the 70s mm-hmm. where it drags for a long time. Because you yeah. watch some of those older movies now and uh-huh. you're like, how did you get away with so much of that? Yeah. I watched one of these suspense thrillers from like the 70s some years ago, a few years back, and I thought, wow, I know, I guess we've gotten so used to, like Michael Bay, we're like, you're going to be clutching the edge of the seat with your ass cheeks, and you're not going to let up, and there's like a five-minute lull, and you're like, ah, let me catch you, and then he's back into you, and you're like, holy crap, you know, and well, but those ones, those slow burn, and I'm talking slow burn suspense thrillers of the 70s, you were like, wow, this was the shit in the 70s, you know? But I mean, some of these I'm got back and watched. I mean, they were hot shit in their in their time. But it's like, but with our modern destroyed uh, sensibility, attention spans and <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. we're like, or yeah. it's just like, okay, that was bo- that was dull back then, kind of like Doors and Corridors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the older ways of D and D, you were like, man, sure. that was boring. So, and the time at the time you thought it was hot shit, but you look back now and go, really? You know. But that one actually went by faster than I thought in some places where it was like this one's, as the kids would say, it's a, it's a mood or it's a vibe. Yeah. But it's like, I'm going to show you guys this mysterious object. But first, we're going to drink some Jack Daniels. And then we're going to smoke some marijuana. And then, and it's, I mean, 90% of the episode is probably them getting ready. The build up. And all the... Yeah druggy ways and then yeah the end is the end and it's like bam there you go the end it's like it'd have been nicer to have some more of the end and less of the build up build up but uh, okay yeah. what's in the box you know and let's see what else oh so 
it's going to this this is, TV reviews are all kind of meh. So mm-hmm. I give that overall a meh. Wow. If you're if you're like me and you have to watch the whole thing, if you just go in and pick a couple of episodes, okay, maybe, but overall I'd say skip it. Wow. Okay. It's not like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but skip it. Yeah, your your recommendation is give it a pass. The new season of Futurama on Hulu. Oh my, you've watched because I remember you weren't that enthused when you heard that you're like they're bringing it back again because I mentioned that on the podcast. I think. Well, they were bringing it back without the voice of Bender. Yeah. And finally, they decided to give him some money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's ended multiple times and it's old, ended multiple times very well. Yeah. So let's bring it back again. Mm-hmm. And now it's been, I want to say like 15 years or something since well, the last one ended. Well, you know, I mean, the series originally appeared in what, 2000? 2001, 1999, I mean, somewhere around there. Yeah. So this is a 23-year-old, but they've, like you said, they finished it elegantly how many times, but yet they keep bringing it back. So it is freaking horrible. Wow. So I I would say I'm a fan of Futurama. I do like it, but yeah. how many of the old writers came back? I have not done the research, but I'm going to assume one to zero. Mm-hmm. So that's really what makes the difference when you're trying to bring your old show yeah, back. Yeah, you love these characters, but what you don't think really, what so we talked about recently, I thought on here more than once about like, uh, uh, the walking dead, some seasons like, I really love these characters and oh, and then they're in the next year's like, I hate that character. And that time they get rid of her because they go the fan base on the internet are saying they hate your character. Well, what they need to realize, it's not the actor's fault or the director's fault. It's, the writer's fault. They're all of a sudden putting stupid words and actions, and these actors have to act to it, and the director directs to it. It's bad writing. So in this case, yeah, we love Bender and Leela and all that and Fry, but they're having them do saying stupid crap. It's not funny is what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. So, And uh, Family Guy was a good example of that, too, when they came back for their third season or whatever. It's like, yeah, they came back, but none of their writers really came back. They had already moved on because they have been canceled for so for a year or more or whatever. Mm-hmm. So unless you can bring back the writing team and then sometimes even then you can't get back in that same writing space. It's like why your favorite band can't put out another great album. Yeah. They can't go back to being 20 years old and hungry. Yeah. I had watched, you know, uh, the Simpsons a little bit back in the day because I mean, it was a phenomenon when it first came out, but I drifted away for whatever reasons, but I always appreciated the show. Well, a while back I had access to Hulu or something and I, decided that I was just going to finally get off my ass and watch them end to end. And I remember laughing until I almost cried, slapping the chair. And, you know, but then it's like as the seasons wound on, it was less and less and less until those last few seasons. I was just kind of being a completionist. I set out this, this Sisyphan task for myself. And no, it was awful. It was painful. Those last few seasons were just plain bad. And I'm like, you should have canceled this. You should have quit this about five years ago and went out on a high note. This is awful, mm-hmm. you know. But it's that's about the writers, you know. Uh, you know, either the original writers, if they're still there, they're just not funny anymore. Or it's probably some new writers that just aren't funny writers. They're not talented, you know. But we should strike to make sure they get more money. Somebody's got to write it. Yep. I mean, if you get into that AI thing or just any idiot, so I mean. I hear you. Okay, and then I also watched Outer Range. That's a uh, Amazon Prime with your boy, what is it, Josh Brolin? Oh, yeah. 
Thanos. Yeah. Snippity snap. No, snippity snap. Well, or he's also been, what, cable in recent years? Yep. Yeah. So, geez, he's on a ranch in, say, Montana. I think it's what it is. Well, this is because of all of a sudden the big popular of Yellowstone, right? All of a sudden there's another Well, show. this is a sci-fi. It's sci-fi, but still they're cowboys out in the West. You ever wonder if they were like, let's tap into some of that Yellowstone cowboy ranch popularity. I don't know. Go Could ahead. be. So yeah. the little gimmick introduction to this is there's a big hole on his ranch that's just a portal to who knows what. Okay. And then they pretty early resolve what that is. Okay. And it's supposed to be all this mysterious, like, woo, what's going on? It's kind of like, well, this is what's going on. And then there's a mysterious character, and it's like, how does this mysterious character tie back into it? Because I don't want to give you spoilers. Yeah, I definitely say don't watch this show. Oh, wow. It so, stinks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So I don't want to give you the spoilers just in case, but yeah. there's this mysterious character, and you're like, who could this mysterious character be? And it's a lot... I'll go back to like Star Wars uh-huh. where it's like you have a sister and it's like Leia and it's like well duh uh-huh. there's only one female character. Yeah. So it's kind of like oh this this mysterious character what can be up with them? Obviously this obviously yeah. I'm not yeah. I am the guy that will guess the M Night Shyamalan's or whatever but uh-huh. I'm not Sherlock Holmes. I'm like yeah. this one's pretty blatant. Yeah. So I was like that's the big secret because they reveal it in yeah, like the, the last movie. 20 minutes of the last episode or something where you're supposed to be like, bum, bum, bum. Um, and it's like, that's the big surprise that you were holding like, on like to. You, you didn't see this coming, you know, a mile away. Yeah, I knew that away. halfway through the first episode. Wow. Yeah. So, and yeah, so that one I had to push myself to complete to see if it got any better and it didn't. And they're talking about a season two. Of course they are. So nothing will be resolved at the end. It'll still be just as much of a mystery or as pointless as it ever was. How many seasons of Lost were there? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm telling you, just avoid this one before you even get on the train. Yeah. And that's I Hate TV Shows. Okay. There's a lot of negativity there. I'm T. How about some movies? Oh, a quick aside back to books real quick is today is George R.R. Martin's birthday. He is celebrating his 75th year on Earth and about his 20th year not writing a book. <laughs> it ain't coming. It ain't coming. It ain't happening. And isn't that delightful to know? I'm glad I jumped off that book series. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still peevish. But anyway. All right. So much about books. Happy birthday, George R.R. You rotten the damn bastard. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> How about a movie? Uh, yes. So, um, yes. Tell you a little story. So it, periodically Heather and I'll be talking about something. And I go, well, you know, so-and-so. So she's like, I've never seen that. And I'm like, you've never seen that. You know, well, finally she got to pull that on me. We were talking about something and it was like, I don't know how we got on the subject, but she was like, yeah, like Apollo 13. I went, I've never seen that. And she was like, almost like pulled the car over. Like you've never seen Apollo 13. I'm like, no. And she's like, that thing won Academy Awards. It was, you know, the actors in that were brilliant and all this stuff. So we watched the other day. It's a good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. It almost made me sad, though, watching Bill Paxton. What a, what a waste. What a loss. Love me some Bill Paxton. But um, it was interesting. And, in fact, the, the show is so pro- thought-provoking, the movie, because this was, these are real events that happened. I'm sure some of it's dramatized for a movie. But um, uh, to my point, that yeah, we went to Googling about, well, whatever happened to this person or that person and what actually led up to this? Because the reason I don't remember it, because I was an infant when this crap happened, 
but it's something that like the whole world hung by a thread waiting to see what happened. And like the Vatican had 50,000 people show up out in the big, what would you call the open area and prayed beneath the window with the Pope for the astronauts. I mean, the whole world came together, pulling together for these astronauts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, would that happen nowadays? You know, you wonder. It's interesting. But anyway, everyone was glued to their TVs, you know. So, yeah, and I enjoyed it. Apollo 13. If you yeah. haven't seen it, and you probably nope. have, well, you haven't either. Yeah, I would suggest uh, watching it. What It wasn't bad, you know. All right, so here's the movie I watched, mm-hmm. Brightburn. Brightburn. Have you even heard of that one? As you can see by the complete look of just, huh? It's yeah. an, it's yet another evil Superman. An evil Superman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of like Omni-Man and Homelander and all mm-hmm. this. Or what was the one that a Will uh, Smith played, you know? where he Hitchcock? Did... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Which I won't say it was an evil Superman, but not the, you know, super Boy Scout Superman, you know? So this one is the Superman origin story meets the omen. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, what if Superman came to earth and it's in bright burn, Kansas, a small town in Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's very, very Superman. Smallville, bright burn. Yeah. And he comes in the spaceship uh-huh. sort of thing. And the parents cover it up and it's like, no, that's our kid. Mm-hmm. But what if when he had basically puberty, the switch went on in his head and he's like killed them all. Oh, wow. So it was okay. Uh, once again, poo-pooing on everything. Yeah. So I think it's got like the IMDB score of like six. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fair. I'm not like, I'm sorry I watched it, but me. It has some uh, pretty gory kills in it too. If you're into that sort of thing, it does lean into some of the horror. Some people love that. But, and they're talking about making a second one of those. So well, we'll sure. see. I kind of wished and hoped it would have gone farther, farther into the storyline because mm-hmm. it just goes, he's a kid. The, and now you kind of get the couple of weeks of his life or whatever. It really, yeah, shorten that up. Is this based on something or is this? Yeah, it's based on a true story. No, I meant like a book or a comic or something. Like any more, again, talking about nobody's has any original thoughts like these <clears throat> great writers is that it's like, oh, we optioned this from a comic book or a movie, another movie. This is a redoing of another movie or concept or idea. Is this some of those whole cloth idea? I'd have to look at it, but yeah. it's an Elizabeth Banks production. Hmm. Interesting. So, But, I mean, there's so many of the evil, evil, evil supermen now. Evil. Evil. Evil like Weebles. Evil can evil. Um, well, there you go. So there's another meh. Yeah. How about video games? Video games. You well, didn't have any time for that. No, I've been mobile games. A little bit of oh, the yeah. old EverQuest. I forgot you disappeared back down into that. Into that dark hole. Um, and it, it, but it's funny was when I came to the server. You know, Tim's old friend. We've been good friends for forty years. And uh, it, what's a shame is we, we've we've not. I mean, I call him or text him periodically. Hey, how you doing? How are the kids? Whatever. How are your folks? Your brother? Whatever. We all grew up together. But we haven't really kept in really close contact or talked real frequently. Well, one of the upswings of this is we've actually talked, you know, on like Discord while we're playing or whatever. So it's been a good way to reconnect. Anyway, having said that, though, Tim is just 
an incredibly generous soul. And he geared my character up, then he geared up my next character, then he geared up my next character, you know, whatever my alts and stuff, as they call it in the MMO lingo. So finally, at one point, I thought, you know, it would be nice to just play as if you were just coming to the server and didn't know anybody. Like, you, you wouldn't, the terms, I think, twinking, you know, whatever, like, here, let me hand you some gear that's beyond you. If nothing else, there's never really been any real threat of dying because most of the time, Tim's babysitting character is like, here's some high-level crazy-ass buffs your little, little character shouldn't even have. So really, like, most of my characters never even died once. And I remember in the old days, you died once a week or something in EverQuest, you know, trying to push the limits or get into some dungeon for some cool loot or whatever. So I said, why don't we make some characters, you know, and around the same time, Tim had the same idea. So we made some new characters that are just brand new and uh, we're not going to put all this cool gear on them. We're not going to constantly have some babysitter like we're going to use group dynamics and work off each other's abilities and skills so we'll see how that goes um but anyway but again tim's been real generous with this time this time this month is where there's creatures called fabled and they drop really cool loot but anyway we've been chasing some of those fabled drops in the game but yeah it's called wayfarer's haven uh it's it's old school everquest with a few expansions some of the you know better ones uh, the guy's done a few little things to make the server unique, which I enjoy. Um, and then tying into my friend Tim, he's got um, Dragon Slayer uh, models and games. And again, he's mm-hmm. a, a YouTube presence and he's a brilliant uh, painter. That's how he makes pretty much his living is painting miniatures. You know, he's that good. But anyway, so yeah, that's me in video games. All right. I think I talked about The Quarry last time and I want to say I was still playing it. So that one's like a horror movie, mm-hmm. which I don't want to give you too much spoilers, but something's going on and these kids are out at camp. Something's happening. And that one was pretty good, but it's really short. So if you can get that as a rental or one of these uh, PS specials or Xbox specials or somewhere, it's you, free download. You, you could beat it in a weekend is what I'm hearing kind of thing. Yeah, I want to say it was like 10 hours. Oh, wow. So yeah, which there's nothing wrong with that, except for sometimes you're gonna. But be depending on what you're paying pay full price, just to beat something. I remember back in the day, I bought some video game that I was like, oh, I was so excited to get it. I had to save up and save up. And I got it and like beat it in a weekend. I was like, Rah! you know, I mean, why did I spend back in the day sixty, seventy dollars on this or something, fifty dollars? You know, I was a little peeved. That was before a lot of this. Oh, go wait till it's been out a little while and buy it used for a nickel at you know games ago or wherever. It was not that era. All right. And then the newest feature, the TCGs. Ooh. Yeah. Got to talk about that. Got to. Because we didn't, I think we said Lorcana is a coming yeah. the last time. Mm-hmm. So now I've actually got to play it. It's pretty fun. It's kind of magic and Dragon Ball Super mixed up a little bit together. So if you like those mechanics, you'll mm-hmm. probably like this and you don't have to put any money in Watsy's pocket. Yeah. And I know I was talking with our buddy Chris and I think he said his daughter really liked Disney. Uh-huh. So if you got people in the family that like Disney, then they'll have that cool artwork to look at. Mm-hmm. But the launch has been really horrible. The cards have been so hard to find. Really? Yeah. They did not meet the demand at all. So it's it's Disney, obviously, characters and whatnot, but who's the actual company putting out the game? Robinsburg. Rob? Oh, I never heard of that. They do puzzles and they do some other games, like, for example, this Jaws board game that I'm pointing at over here uh, yeah, that I Matt see. can see, but we're not on video. Yeah, Jaws board game. So I pretty uh, much know uh, them as puzzle makers because Jen and her mom do so many puzzles. Mm-hmm. 
And then they do some of the, I'd say more like franchise branded games. Branded. So some of their games are good. Their puzzles are really high quality, Mm -hmm. but this is their first TCG. But yet for a first effort, it's pretty good. But they didn't know how much to put out. Yeah, so they didn't know how to So they really go. got, and there's so much of a collector's market, uh-huh. so there's not as many cards out Wait there. Wait a minute, people might want to collect something with Disney-focused? Uh, exactly. So, but isn't there like an organized league of play or whatever? Yeah, and they're going to have actual tournaments. Oh, wow. Pay, give you money tournaments. Oh, ooh la la. So we'll see how that all goes. Nice. But... Uh, I was able to get a hold of a couple of boxes. Mm-hmm. And then from those boxes, I pulled a couple of cards that I was able to sell that paid for all of it and just a little bit more. Dang. So I was like, all right, right now with cards being so limited, mm-hmm. some of them are going for stupid prices. I sold one card for $255. Cash money. Cash money. Wow. On the barrel head. To? To the internet. Nice. So. Wow. Phenomenal. That, like you said, that paid for itself. Yeah, and, and then so. people are scalping the boxes and stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I think the mm-hmm. box is supposed to be 140, but it's like if you want a box online, you're gonna pay 300. Wow. So luckily, I got all my stuff at retail price, and then I was mm-hmm. able to sell a few cards and make all that money back. So I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, free game. Yeah. And these cards that are that are so valuable. Is it some game effect nope. that's just wow? It's just because it's Mickey or something, right? The rarity. Yeah, the rarity, yeah. There's enchanted cards. That's their highest rare card. Mm-hmm. And there'll be probably, with the drop rates, one in four boxes. And so we're talking about this is more, it sounds like the collectors or completionists more than, it's not the guy who's like, this is the ultimate card. If I have four of these, I can win every game. It's not that kind right. of Right. The yeah. ultimate card is probably about 50, 60 bucks, that sort of thing. Wow. But it's still because they're not out there. So you have people that are like, I must build this Uber deck. Yeah. Okay. There's not that many copies out of there. So and it's going to cost four. you. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah, want yeah. four. Yeah. So that's the other thing I saw. I'm sure they followed the same paradigm because that was like magic in a lot of the games. You can have more than four of a certain type in your deck. So I saw, I sold four of the Uber Ulala card as a lot. And that was about 250. Wow. For four cards. For four cards, yeah. So 500 bucks, and I was like, well, I've paid off everything I've bought and then some. Nice. That's awesome, dog. Yep. So it's interesting. It's a pretty fun game, but we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, they're probably hustling, I'm sure, to get more of the cards. It's at, they said, we're going to have something come out in October, and now they're like, no, we're not. Wow. Yeah, so they've really been like, oh, the game stores are sold out, but in two weeks, uh, the mass retail is going to have it. Nope, they didn't have that much. They got it, and it was gone because it was like, ah, they're holding all these back to give to Walmart, but you'll be able to go to Walmart and just buy as many as you want. Uh Nope. Walmart would, like, get a box of cards, and you're like, okay. Wow. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy for them that's doing that well. I'm sure it's going to be. But for people that want to play, how much is this hurting it? Like, oh, I was excited a month or two ago, and 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 now I'm not. Cards out there, enthusiasm has waned. Yeah, that'll be, that's a shame. So we'll see how that goes. And now that we are 45 plus minutes in, what's the topic? Oh, actually, to drag this out even more, did you have any travel, travel log stories you wanted to tell us? Well, yeah, actually. So I just got back from a trip with uh, Dear Sweet Heather. 
and we uh, wanted to reconnect with some uh, <laughs> some family members and some old friends and whatnot. So we drove like the first day out of Texas through Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska. It was quite a drive, um, but you know we, we just wanted to get to the up to the mountain country and because it's so beautiful. And uh, but what's funny was driving through like Kansas. It's like I know what their current crop must be orange barrels because from border to border it was nothing but just orange barrels the whole way. It was kind of aggravating. And then we got to Nebraska, and it was interesting is as we were getting to our hotel after dark, as we're driving down the road, Heather sort of leaned against the window or something dozing and about this time I go, holy crap she leans up what and i said some rat came charging up from the side of the road right under the wheels and the headlights just were under the, and i was like holy shit and she's like you're pulling my legs i swear to god well then she kind of leans up now and she's looking and we're talking about something she's trying to keep me awake and about five minutes later, i swear to god here comes another rat charging out from the side of the road right under like into the headlights under the wheel you know and i and she's like oh my god there was another one and i said what in the hell is this a fluke over the next like 30 minutes finally getting to the hotel we had like at least two or three more of these rats i mean we thought what's suicide going rats so yeah i was like the, the the squeaky rat gets the wheel i mean it, it just kept running up under the tires and i was like what's with nebraska and these suicidal rats or something but it was the weirdest thing anyway but yeah so the next day we went into south dakota we saw mount rushmore and it, of course the only time it rained the whole trip the whole trip in what 10 states 12 states was the five minutes that you know we pull up it starts raining we got an umbrella luckily thank you heather and we got went and saw it went yep took a few pictures went in the gift shop left as we're pulling away rain lets up never had any rain the rest of the trip yeah the one time we really wanted to do yeah but anyway went to montana see an old friend in billings then we traveled over through idaho and that little part of idaho that little narrow northern part, yeah gorgeous gorgeous some of the prettiest terrain the whole trip in idaho you know if you're down south i'm sure it's just flat nothing you know got over into washington state and part in the first part we got into was just a bunch of farmland. It's kind of boring. But when you get over into the you know, the trees and the mountains, oh, it's just gorgeous, breathtaking. Highway 20 in Washington State. It's only two-lane, but we made good time. I'd say if you go through Washington, take Highway 20. Gorgeous. Uh, on the way back, we came back to Montana, you know, through Idaho, et cetera. Um, we went down through Wyoming, Colorado. In Wyoming, we stayed at a place, a town called, it's Dubois, because I'm from Louisiana. It's Dubois. It's French. But everyone there, it's Dubois. It's Dubois. I'm like, okay. But then again, that's like Miami in Oklahoma. It's Miami. Don't you say Miami. It's the very same spelling. And there's one, I think in Missouri, it's Nevada. Very same spelling. It's Nevada. So it's like, okay. So anyway, so it's Dubois. Arkansas and Arkansas. Yeah. But Dubois was gorgeous. And it's just as we came out of Yellowstone, you know, and uh, the Grand Tetons. The grandest of Tetons. But after we, you come out of those, boom, there's like not too far from there is Dubois. Highly recommend. There's some cabins there. You're right on the river. And uh, it's really a nice sipping coffee in the morning right there by the the babbling, you know, waters there. It's really nice. People were very friendly. Got a good breakfast there. Anyway, back on the road into Colorado. We drove all the way to Colorado Springs. I don't want to shit on Colorado, but F Colorado. <laughs> From, Alrighty then. Yeah, from the second we left Wyoming, which had been nothing but like, oh, there's a car. 15 minutes later, oh, there's a car. I mean, hauling ass, 85 miles per hour down, two-lane roads, never anybody. 
nothing. Just open, but pretty territory. Soon as we hit Colorado, until we got to Colorado Springs, it was nerve-wracking. People zooming around you, running up on you, stopping suddenly, just boxed in, you know. And it just, it was just hellish driving, just all the way till. I mean, I literally, I was like, I think I aged five years in that drive. Wow. I hated it. It was awful. And I'm, I'm chill, you know. It, it's like an old nurse. If you get excited and upset, the patient gets excited, and it's a loop, you know. Internally, you're going, F, 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 you know, as the patient's trying to die. But, you, I mean, calm to me. I'm very calm. But when we pull up to college, the other said, that was some nerve-wracking bullshit. And I said, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, like, I'm going to need to unwind. Like, I got it. I didn't drink much on the trip. I'm like, I'm having a whole bottle of wine. So who was driving for that part? <laughs> oh, me, of course. I lo- oh, and God. Heather drove. And I, I give her her due. She did drive a bit, quite a bit. But definitely would it be like, if we're fixing to go into something like this kind of bullshit or it was getting nighttime, she's like, time for you to take over. And I'm fine with that. Uh, but she was the best travel companion. We had so much fun. Great experience. We were going to go see some family friends in uh, West Texas. And we wanted to go see Kelly and them. But I think it was bad timing for Kelly. And I didn't want to be in position. And uh, What? Yeah, hush. And uh, one of my cousins was like, I think I've got COVID. And I was like, Heather's like, you want to go home? And went, hell yeah. And we, and so we, she had said, no more of these 10, 12 hour driving days, but bullshit. We drove. She's like, we'll have one more of those days if it gets me home, you know. But there's nothing like being back at home in your own bed. But yo, we went and saw Car Hinge. All these pictures are on Facebook, by the way. It's beautiful. Uh, oh, while we were in Washington State, we climbed Mount Baker. I climbed Mount Baker. Never panted, wheezed, guessed, or died, you know. So is it like notoriously flat or something? Ha ha. No, it's, it's, it was quite a climb, but beautiful. Some of the pictures of Mount Baker you see with my little, what would you call my cousin's children? Second cousins or something, his daughters. There's pictures of us with them there. And oh man, the kids were like, and I'm like, yeah, I might be old, but I, I was wondering where you kidnapped those kids from. Yeah. They're little sweethearts, cute kids. But, um, yeah, my nephew's a, uh, Navy pilot. In fact, I was telling Eddie his jet is the jet, one of the jets they used in uh, Maverick, the movie. So they just covered up his call sign, you know, whatever, which, anyway. But, yeah, so that's kind of neat. But we had a great time, great time with the trip there. Glad to be home. And this will be your last podcast as a single guy, probably. Yeah, pretty much. I'm getting married soon. So it was kind of like a weird honeymoon before the the wedding kind of thing, you know. That was the honeymoon? Oh, sure. Yeah. I thought that was the test that Heather was putting you through to see if you were compatible. Well, both, essentially, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. The pre-honeymoon. Exactly. Magical. Okay, for our topic today, do you like dragons? I love dragons. Do you like dragons? Me too. All right, thank you, folks. We appreciate you listening. (laughs) No. (laughs) Go ahead, Matt. Uh, well, uh, we do. We, we we have time, I, but we'll be brief. Um, so we've talked about this, I think, before. We've touched on, like, the rule of cool and having fun with gaming. Um, I've seen people sometimes that, like, make gaming a ritual or how do I put it? Or they're just like, well, you know, I got to do my due diligence show up or something. I mean, like I've told people when I was like, I'm, I'm bound out. A responsibility, out. a yeah, chore. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm bound out of this one campaign. They'd be like, what? And I'm going, well, I'm not having fun. And it I mean, just means I don't want to be your friend anymore. And it's like sometimes, yeah, well, there's one off night. I'm going to quit because of one off night or something. But if you keep going and realize I'm not really having fun. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with people shouldn't be buttered. I say all that to say this. 
We play these games for entertainment and amusement. Mm-hmm. You know? So we just try to make it fun. But then again, I think we've talked about this before too. What's fun for one person might not be fun for some. Exactly. It's a world of. <laughs> so ultimately, as game master, you kind of try to walk a line, or maybe you don't. But then, you know, <laughs> trying to make it fun. So, what would be some things that would make play fun or make it not fun? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. For instance, I like riddles. Some people might not like riddles. It'd be one of those things where you might try that one time adventure. And if you see everyone starts playing with their phone or looking away or whatever, this group doesn't want to enjoy riddles. You might love them. Players might not. Things like that. I remember back in the Living Greyhawk days, they would sprinkle in mystery adventures. And there were a lot of people that did not engage with that. They didn't. And so some people loved that. People were like, oh, my gosh, I get to engage my brain. Oh, it's a mystery and there's clues and stuff. And some people are going to check out. And if the majority of players, and that's where you have to decide, do I want to do this again? How often do I want to do it? I will say before this last CNC campaign I ran at home, I was going to run at home, I had put it, ran it past them. I said, what do you guys feel about mystery adventure stuff like that? Not one. I don't, I don't, if I'm forgetting, I apologize, but I don't remember really much of any kind of feedback. And I went, well, all righty then. So I, if I run a mystery adventure, y'all all go, what is this bullshit? I'm going to be like, well, I gave you a chance to give me feedback, you know. That kind of goes back to our 70s movie conversations, though. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, back in the day. I would tolerate that or I could I had the patience for it now it's just like it's Friday night let me kill some monsters yeah there you go and sometimes some people are just like I want to show up eat snacks kibitz and laugh at some silly jokes kill some monsters take their loot watch my character level rinse repeat it's really more about sort of a strange sort of a social club kind of thing and for those people that that's and I've always said I try to judge what do you get out of gaming one person gets X one person gets Y one person gets Z each one of those are, are valid reasons to play these games. I used to be like, well, if you don't play it for X, then get out of here, you know. Um, now it's just get away from my table. Exactly. Um, player spells counterspelled. Now, see, that's the kind of thing where, like, is that fun? It's like, do you feel like you've lost player agency? It's probably fun once, uh-huh. but it's not fun five times in a row. And that's what I'm saying. Like if the players can never get their damn spell off or you're constantly make sure they're counterspell when they're going to do that cool spell to save the day, that's not fun. I mean, that's, but the same note as Jimmy, you go, well, it's a damn thing in the game. And he certainly didn't have any problem counterspelling my guy's spells or whatever. Well, it's like, well, what is it in Savage Worlds where you can blow your little bennies or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like the big boss. Mm-hmm. Like it's the big, like, yeah. if the big boss can do that five times in a row or something, then it's like, uh-huh. yeah. And that's where you have to walk that line. When I was running, you know, I, I might like for the big boss and you were, someone was going to get that lucky one shot, which can happen in Savage Worlds. I'd go, no, I'm going to spend a few minutes trying to knock a couple of those wounds off to keep them in the fight, keep the fight going. But one of the things, what was aggravating when you're fighting a scrub, you're like, whoa, I got the ultimate hit. I'm going to smoke that, that, you know, lower tier monster. Oh yeah, I'm a sexy dog. And about that time, GM, the game master goes, oh, I'll spend some, you know, my monster bennies to neuter that. That's not cool. And that's mm-hmm. not fun. And that you're going to see players, Get perturbed about that. And really, you can put it back to the old traditional, like, if you have your monsters run around the fighters to get to the wizard, mm-hmm. are you the dick? Yeah. 
and I've had casters. If you go, use player tactics on players, yeah, they get butt hurt. Mm-hmm. I remember I've had a few times where smart monsters, and not, and I've tried to be that guy. That I think this is just an animal; it's not going to run past everybody. Get to the wizard, or uh, you know, the the dumb monsters, but the clever, like the Rakshasa or whatever. Yeah, he's going to run past everybody to attack the wizard. But you better believe, or cleric, those guys are going to go. Man, why'd you have attack me? Well, it's the same tactics you guys use, and this is a smart monster. Brr. So, but so there you go. Slayers so aren't going to find that fun. But that's one of those times where I have to go, mm, this is me personally, and your mileage may vary, but don't be a little butthurt, boo-boo baby. And it know? goes back to uh, not putting the players out, whereas they would certainly do that on the monsters if they needed to. Like, oh, that one's down. I'm going over here and stabbing him five times, where it's like, you knocked the wizard down. Now what do you do? Do you take that final shot and just kill him outright? Yeah. No, no, no. Of course I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And so I love the one time that we were playing a game and our cleric wasn't as quite as diligent with healing as he should have been. And a player went down. He thought, no problem. I'll wait till he hits the dirt. This is D&D and you get three saves. Second hit the dirt, the game master goes, the monster runs over, rips the heart out and starts eating it. And the guy was just like, mouth hanging open like, what? And it's like, yeah, this is why you don't wait till people hit the damn dirt. And I'm glad the game master did that. I bet the player at the table, I noticed we didn't see him again for a while. So it might have kind of put him out. And I felt bad for that guy. But in the end, at the end of the day, who should get the stank on that? The cleric. You know. Um, railroad play. And that's where the story's on a rail. Players could do something really off. Just something crazy. Pull some cool, as players will do. They'll throw a wrench in your works. They'll come up with some crazy plan. And you're like, damn it, that's brilliant. You know, well, try to be adaptive. And I know for new game masters, or even some older ones, sometimes you go, oh, bullshit. I had a cool story and this whole thing. And now I'm not going to have that. Try, don't be that person. Try to go outside your comfort zone. Try to improv if you have to. And if the players go, well, what is this? You can go, well, you're the ones that pulled some shit out of your ass, you know. But uh, but but railroad play will aggravate players. I remember Eddie and um, Claire and you know whoever would kind of pleasantly, playfully chide me about when we first were gaming together. We were on an adventure that was a published adventure. It was on rails. A couple of times they're like, "Hey, can we diverge into a subplot or something?" I mean, like, no, sorry, but this is a published adventure. I'm working a full time job. I'm in nursing school. Sorry, no. This and the published rails. materials didn't do anything to hide that fact. It exactly. was just like, woo, woo. It, it was very railroady. And that's not as much fun for the players. We showed up again there more for the camaraderie and, the, and watching our characters advance. The story was not epic, and it's not what brought us back week after week. And it was so then, if if you can, I get sometimes you're like, dude, I got a busy life. Okay, you know, your mileage may vary, but understand players are not going to be real enthused with railroady. You know, concrete play. And on top of that would be the thing where, let's say they interact with the NPC. And it's almost like a video game, like, all right, here are your three choices. Pick which one you click on. But the players might, though, you know, we decide to attack the, the king. Like, well, you're not supposed to do that. What's, we're players, what we're going to do. And you're like, well, shit. Uh, and now uh, you uh, die. Yeah. A lot of times the players don't have... Like, like, like maybe they say something, but their choices have no meaning. It's like the story's going to go the way you intended. didn't matter what they say there. Well, that sucks. I mean, you know, that's not going to be fun again for the players. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, again, it's encounters where PC decisions have no bearing. Um, I'm guilty of this. I've been game masking since I was a kid. One time I had a capture scenario where no matter what the players did, they're getting captured because I wanted to have this little brief one or two episode interlude where they were captured. Well, the players absolutely despise that. 
But again, you know, is that about that's a jerk thing to do as a game master or is it players being boo-boo babies, whatever. But ultimately, maybe have that in mind. But if the players pull it out with some amazing dice rolls or some clever play, let them get let them not get captured or whatever. And then you're going to have to adapt or go, well, cliffhanger, we'll come back here next week. Uh, the rest of this stuff I wrote was all about you guys being captured. So, oops, you know, whatever. Um, I remember we got captured when we were playing the, the jungle. And you game. loved it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And another thing, and that's one of those things where this one's a, 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 an interesting area. Some people will have, like, an NPC in the party. Don't ever purposely let the NPC showboat or what? kill the big bad or something like that. Huh? No player likes being one-upped by the NPC. That being said, there's times where just it just so happened once or two times when we were doing DCC where some effect happened that just wiped out the whole party, and the only guy left standing was the NPC. And by consequence of that, he was able to like slap some people and wake them up before the bulldozer ran over him or whatever. And that became a beloved NPC. So, I mean, you know, you can see where there are exceptions, but as far as that wasn't a planned thing and it was, the party was damn glad that the NPC passed the save. If they hadn't, it'd have been a TPK. So no one really complained about it then, but there's nothing worse than some time where like, like if the players are winning the fight, maybe have the, I've had people go, Hey, you forgot to have the NPC attack for Mm -hmm. the last three or four rounds. And I just smile. No, I didn't forget to have him attack. You're doing fine with the fight. I don't want him to steal your thunder. If the, it was an encounter where, oh, shit, you're getting your ass kicked, I'm going to remember to have the NPC attack every round. You need the help. You see what I'm saying there? Um, what would you add anything to that? Nah, just like you said, uh, not letting the NPC get the last hit sort of thing. Yeah. Like, well, if the NPC gets into it right now, it's going to be anticlimactic because they've done this. So fudge it a little bit. Maybe it's like, okay, they've got a little less hit points or they've got a little more hit points so they can uh, get hit a couple of times next time and die to a player. Exactly. It's like, oh, the the, the NPC did all but one hit point. Wink, wink. Um, I ran a campaign one time where I wanted it to be like one of these Michael Bay movies where like, it never lets up full throttle, yeah, you know, whatever. But it was a campaign. And this is a time when they'd introduce rules in whatever game system we were playing where Gary could play, he loved playing wizards. Like, he was going to get to craft magical items and research spells. Well, if you're in a campaign where like, you know, the big bad never just stops. one step ahead of us and we've got to catch up and we've got to save the world. He was kind of aggravated because he never got a chance to take a break where by game dynamic he could craft magic items or research new spells. That was really frustrating for him. So, yeah, the idea, but so maybe there's got to be a point where you try to have a way to make it make sense where there could be that 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 pause. And there's even dungeons where, like, no, you can't rest in here. At no point can you rest. You'll be, things will teleport in and poke you while you're trying to sleep. You can't rest. You know, now I've seen players go, we want to rest every five minutes. No. But, I'll buy, but by the same token, like, they can never rest, you know. And I'll say people have chided me about in my post-apoc, sometimes I'll have little silly elements. But if you're really thinking about it, post-apocalypse can be pretty dark. I mean, by tone, those campaigns, if you're really leaning into the post-apocalyptic thing, it's pretty dark. So it's good to have something to make to kind of leaven that. Like, do you, do you want a dark tone all the time? Which is like running horror games too it's like there's got to be a little light so that there can be a shock down the road exactly um and is it and we talked this before i'm sure and everybody knows but i'll still say it 
I'm so glad that nowadays, like you get a saving its most bills every round. Back in the old day, if a monster said, Save or suck. said whole person and you failed, you're held for a number. How, how many levels is that uh, evil no priest have? Eight. Yeah, you're going to stand there for eight rounds. For the well, combat. Yeah, the whole combat. That's not fun for anybody. But even that being said, we've seen a scenario one time when we were playing with this guy during that same campaign that was on rails where he failed round after round after round. At a certain point, after about three or four rounds, I should have said, just quit rolling. You you come out of it and let him in. But I, at the time, you learn things as we go, as, as you grow as a game master. And maybe this guy was on my nerves, so maybe. But haha in all truth i should have said after about three four rounds okay quit rolling your dice are just cold and hate you right now because again was that fun for him absolutely and not you know um so you know that's something to consider um what would be some other you know uh anything else you would add to that or could think of no just uh as I always say, is keep the GM's fun in mind too as a player. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, if everyone at the table has fun, it sh- that should include the game master. Um, and you know, j- and, and leaning to the rule of cool. The one thing I loved about I recently ran a fully improv adventure, and a lot of times it's like, what's going to happen next? Well, what would be cool? What would be neat? What would be fun for the players? And and one aside, I know I don't want this to go too long. But it's kind of like the famous meme you've seen if you're on the various gaming forums where the guys walk in, they're like, there's a dark figure in the corner, a crown of, you know, glowing embers above his head. You know, he's shrouded in darkness. And it's in the corner, you know, and then they'll go, who else is there? A well, goblin. There's a goblin in the corner, and they're like, well, what's his name? Schmorkel. And we're like, we all go over and talk to Schmorkel the goblin. And you're like, are you kidding me? Well, at one point on a goof, I introduced there was a goblin in a crate. The guys fell in love with the goblin. The, uh... When the goblin died, they were like, we're going to give him a full ceremony and say words. They had a henchman with them. When he died, they were like, yeah, we just kick a little dirt on him and go on. <laughs> so, they, so, I mean, even at this late in our role-playing years in the game, it's still that same thing where, you know. I even love a line I'll quote from uh, Kirby. He said, every part of me says I should not trust this goblin, but there's no way I could not let this goblin in the group or something to that effect. It was hilarious. Or if there's a baby monster, it's going to be the party mascot now. And yeah, exactly. It's going to be fed and pampered. Uh-huh, and given some cute name or whatever. And if something ever happens to it, everyone in the party is going to be holding each other while they cry. Mm. Absolutely. But anyway. Yeah. See any clocks lately? Nope. Okay. I see the miles roll by on Matt's trip, <laughs> and I can tell we're all out of hit points. Bruh. 